Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. I'd like to speak to you in this podcast about the horrible shooting that occurred in Charleston, South Carolina on June the 17th. Most of us know the details by now. A young white male by the name of Dylan Roof, R-O-O-F, just like the roof of your house, walked into Emmanuel AME, uh, African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, South Carolina, sat through an hour of a prayer meeting, and then uh, whipped out a pistol, having asked to see the pastor, and began shooting. As he shot, he began to say things about uh, rather racist things about blacks and how black men rape white women and how blacks need to be driven out of the country because they're taking over. Uh, nine people were killed. Others were wounded. Uh, some children only survived because they played dead. Apparently, their parents had taught them that that's what to do uh, in a situation like this. It has become uh, a national tragedy. It's become a national Um, just a horrific moment for our nation as we realize what's possible here. And I want to raise um, a a theme that may very likely surface in this situation and, and caution us about it. It is common in situations like this for us to label uh, the shooter for us to label these um, shooters in these extreme situations where, for example, a young man, uh, you know, d- denied and rejected by women uh, shoots up a college campus in California or another young man uh, shoots up a movie theater in another city and so on. Uh, it's become common for us to label these people as being mentally deranged, as being insane, as being crazy, as being at the very least emotionally imbalanced. And I want to I want to say that this does harm if it's not in fact the case. Now I certainly understand that some of these shooters are mentally deranged. I do I do understand that the that there are criminally insane people, and I certainly want our courts to deal with them in a different status in a different way um, than with the sane. And that's of course what happens. But when we label a shooter, a person who's engaged in extreme violence as being insane or mentally incompetent or crazy, uh, just because we're horrified by the violence they've committed, uh, what we're doing, in essence, is uh, putting a label on this act that prevents us from having to deal with it. When a Chapman shoots a Ronald Reagan, uh, he is labeled insane afterwards, and justifiably so, and he's put off in an institution uh, where he spends the next decades of his life. Well, that's legitimate. That's fine. But when we label someone uh, insane and we uh, and we sort of institutionalize them in our minds simply because of the horrific nature of the violence, well, then what we've done is we've removed any possibility of a healing and vital national debate. By every indication, Dylan Roof was a young man who was a thoroughgoing racist. When his attorney appeared with him in court, Uh, For the first time before the judge, the attorney said, Judge, Your Honor, my client knows what he's doing. He knows the difference between right and wrong. Uh, That was pretty unusual for an attorney who usually tries to keep the opportunity, the door open uh, for an insanity plea. This attorney doesn't seem to be going that way. It would be very hard to do. 
Dylan Roof has websites. He's got Facebook pages. He's got photographs that confirm uh, he hated blacks. He wanted them dead. Um, he he thought about it a great deal. He was a thoroughgoing racist. And he even, as I say, uh, shouted racist things while he was shooting up uh, this church and this prayer meeting. I, I think it's important for us to look this in the face because we, again, as a culture, have a tendency to want to assume that all extreme violence and the cause of extreme hatred uh, is the product of insanity. The thing that makes me realize that's not true is not just, you know, my years as an adult and working with churches and leaders and working in the African-American community and so on. But maybe more important, uh, my experience when I was a child. Let me tell you just a little bit about it real quickly. I grew up in a military home. We lived largely in Europe when I was growing up. And uh, so we visited our my father's um, parents and aunts and uncles and what have you in the South. Most of this was located in Albany, Georgia. I, of course, as a little boy, loved visiting my grandparents like any little boy would, and especially all the more so because I was growing up mainly in Europe, and it was just the five of our uh, five of us, our immediate family. And so to visit the South with all kinds of extended families and the big personalities and the accents and the food, it was all exciting and, and fun for me. And of course, I loved my grandparents. In time, I began to realize that the sweet little old ladies who would come visit uh, my own grandmother, sweet little old lady, my grandfather, sweet little old man, um, who loved me and cooked for me and just, you know, just classic grandparents in every way, were extreme racists. And in time, I began to realize that the that the little old great aunt with the apron who'd baked cookies and just was seemed to be as sweet as she could be, just seemed to fall out of a novel, um, would would just, I don't know what else to say, go demonic, go evil, go vicious when talking about blacks. And I, I didn't understand that when I was a child. As I got older, I began to realize that racism can dwell behind the scenes in any life. Um, and it can, and it can carry a soul, carry a human being, uh, to vicious, evil, ungodly extremes. Um, I have said before in these podcasts that I have a great uncle who shot a black man just for walking in his yard. I have uh, great ancestors who are um, who were in the Klan. Uh, but to see them as a little boy uh, waving with their dish towels over their arms, you know, or in their hands and baking cookies and, uh, you know, get Christmas cards from them, you would never have suspected it. My point is, that the evil of racism and the violence that often accompanies it does not require insanity. It does not require emotional imbalance. It can come uh, from people who are otherwise uh, astonishingly loving and gracious and educated and who knows what, what other uh, adjectives we want to use there. I think we have an opportunity here. Dylan Roof has murdered people out of a sheer racist motivation a motivation that he understands, a motivation that he can articulate, and a, uh, and a motivation that he even debated while he sat for an hour in that prayer meeting in that AME church in Charleston on June 17th. I think if we will not simply choose to label this man insane and shove him off to an institution, meaning a, a psychiatric type of institution, but instead realize that he is a product of a subculture of racism in our society um, that is horrific, that is prone to violence, 
Um, that is a reset of the clock in some cases back hundreds of years uh, that we, we cannot simply turn a blind eye to. I think we may have a moment for healing and it will, it will require that we do not tolerate this kind of racism in our day-to-day lives in the form of humor, uh, racist terms, attitudes, but it will also require that we have uh, a healing and sophisticated and adult, and I would even say a godly national discussion, national resolution. I'm talking about at the cultural level, at the, at the heart level, uh, to drive racism from our shores and to keep it from embedding itself in the next generation. I do not believe the Charleston shooter, Dylan Roof, is insane. I'm not an expert, but I do not believe he's insane. I believe he's simply a violent racist. And if we will look that in the face and say to ourselves that this young man came from us, I'm speaking of us as a nation, then I think we may have a chance to do some good during this season in our national life. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on CNN, Fox, and the Huffington Post. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. You can learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv and greatman.us and connect with him on Facebook, and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell, who also wrote, performed, and produced the Rockin' Podcast theme song. Be sure to rate the Stephen Mansfield Podcast in the iTunes Store. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.